0: In this episode, I'm going to unpack the most common questions that I get, including, is it safe? Is it legal? Is it addictive? Can I drive, work, parent? These are the types of questions that I know many of you have, and I'm going to address them. This is Aliveness, the show that explores how to create the changes you need to make to experience the sense of aliveness you're longing for and how the power of plant medicine can accelerate that process for you. I'm your host, Allison Crossway, a guide and former psychotherapist here to empower you to break out of your old patterns, shift into a new state of being and ignite your aliveness. Remember this commercial? This is your brain. Here's an egg. This is your brain on drugs. Crack into the frying pan. Sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. Well, who wants that? I don't want my brain to be fried. What an incredible metaphor for just say no to drugs. That gets into our psyche, gets past all of our analytical functions, wipes over all bunch of things that are really important to consider. And it makes an association between any substance that the government has scheduled, i.e. made illegal, with your brain being fried like an egg in a frying pan. And still today, people have so much fear around so-called drugs. There's a lot to unpack in this episode, and I encourage you to keep an open mind and do some critical thinking for yourself around all of these issues. They're complex. This episode is going to be a generalization, an overview of many complex and subtle topics and everything from social history, cultural history, science. There's a lot to read beneath the surface here. And I will put some links in the show notes. I encourage you to use this as a starting point for rethinking some of the way you talk, think, feel about uh, sacred medicine in particular. And by that, I'm referring to things like psilocybin, ayahuasca, bufo alvarius the medicines that come from the earth and even that is a generalistic statement that i don't completely agree with but but that's generally what i'm talking about here and you can see there's one million rabbit holes that i could get into that are not the purpose of this particular episode but i really want to emphasize that i am summarizing and i'm emphasizing that because i am not doing this is your brain this is your brain on drugs Your brain will be fried if you do anything I tell you not to do. That is not how I want to operate here. So I want to be really open about the generalizations, the complexity, and all I want to do is encourage you to think deeper. I love what Pam Christow said at a keynote at Sisters in Psychedelics. She said, we got to get over it. The stigma is bullshit. It's time to put on our big girl pants. And I thought, yeah, exactly. It's time to get over the stigma and think more deeply about these issues and come to our own conclusions, which will not be the same for each of us. In this episode, I'm going to unpack the most common questions that I get, including is it safe? Is it legal? Is it addictive? Can I drive, work, parent? These are the types of questions that I know many of you have, and I'm going to address them. And I'm going to talk. Entirely about psilocybin in this episode. Psilocybin is the psychoactive ingredient in hallucinogenic mushrooms. And there are over 200 strains of hallucinogenic mushrooms. So first, is it safe? Yes, it's safe. It is not toxic. It's not physiologically addictive. ER admissions with psilocybin are negligible and compare that to alcohol, marijuana, and opioids, which are a huge portion of our healthcare system. That's not to say, of course, that these substances should not be used responsibly. And that's not to say that they can't be psychologically addictive like almost anything, but they are incredibly safe and gentle on the body with few contraindications. Is it legal? Probably not. Depends where you live. There's certainly decriminalization, legalization, special access movements. There there's a movement, there's dispensaries in Canada, and we're not there in most places in the world at this time. I never suggest that anybody break the law. Absolutely not. And that if you decide to, I suggest that you think it through very carefully for yourself the risks and the benefits. But I do think it's important that we consider the war on drugs and we consider the law and the context for it so that even though we live in lands that have certain laws, we don't perpetuate some of the harm that these laws cause and that we advocate for the change in laws that's super important. So let's start with a very brief history of the war on drugs. And there's a great book that I will put in the show notes. So first off, the war on drugs is completely racist. Originally, opium was linked to black and Chinese Americans using language that is unrepeatable in 2022. Marijuana was associated with Hispanics. And note that Usage of illegal substances does not vary very much by race. What does vary is prosecution and incarceration. The war on drugs is also economically motivated. William Hearst, the media mogul, was behind the Marijuana Tax Act of 1930 because he was worried what hemp would do to paper profits. That's fascinating, right? The opioid epidemic, motivated by the desire for profit of big pharma. The war on drugs is politically motivated. Nixon believed that LSD was responsible for the preponderance of draft dodgers for the war in Vietnam and pushed heavily for LSD to be scheduled. He may have been correct on that. He may not have been correct on that. But that is a political motivation. The war on drugs is unscientific. The evidence is overwhelming for the positive therapeutic uses of psilocybin and many other substances for anxiety, depression, addiction, trauma, PTSD, internal illnesses, And the fear of death, there are so many amazing therapeutic benefits. And I see every day, absolutely miraculous things happen for people that are only positive. And there's been a lot of research done, a lot of research done over decades. It stopped for a while, but there was a lot of research done earlier in the 1900s and a lot of research being done now. John Hopkins is one example of an institute doing fantastic work in this area. So to summarize, the war on drugs is unjust, unscientific, racist, politically motivated and economically motivated. So one has to kind of think about how it is that a forgeable mushroom that is indigenous to North America, as well as many places in the world, has been made a scheduled substance and that can't hurt us. That's the other piece. Can't hurt us anywhere near opioids, which are prescribed, liberally, alcohol, which is available almost anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. If you drink chamomile tea, you take herbal medicine. The vast majority of us believe that the plants have healing capacities. We know that the plants are so important for our nutrition. Working with hallucinogenic mushrooms, is on the spectrum of herbal medicine. It's part of a continuum. Not every plant is right for everyone at every time. We all have our preferences and we all have our unique health needs. But it is a legitimate alternative, a legitimate healing substance among many. Women in particular have a history of serving these medicines for thousands of years in many different cultures. My own heritage, which is Celtic, there is a lot of evidence that women served hallucinogenic beverages and that this was the beginning of the communion service. So Christianity was built on top of the pagan culture. This is a fascinating thing to explore. I also put a book. In the show notes, women and men have been serving hallucinogenic substances ceremonially throughout time for healing. We have been separated from our connection to the earth, our connection to plants. We have been told we need to go to a doctor and have a pharmacological substance, which, to be clear, I am incredibly grateful for modern science. And we have been encouraged to give our power away. And we need to come into a situation of both, of working together, earth medicine and what the brilliance of modern man has created, which is, again, a false dichotomy, but an energetic that I think is important. If what you've been hearing on this episode is resonating with you, you may be wondering if transformational microdosing has the potential to change your life, too. Transformational microdosing layers intentionality, ritual, and deep inner work on top of a microdosing practice to create the potential for permanent shifts in your way of being with yourself and others. I invite you to receive my free transformational microdosing guide, which includes all the ins and outs of microdosing, as well as how to set intentions, create ritual, and structure your inner work throughout your journey. I've also included stories from two transformational microdosers. The intention of this guide is to empower you to develop a deep and generative relationship with the medicine. You can find the link to receive the guide in the show notes or go to expandwithmicrodosing.com. So can you work drive parent when you're microdosing psilocybin? When you get the dose right, absolutely. When you get the dose right, you are not having the tingles even. You're not seeing anything. You're just having little insights. Emotions may move through, all related to your intention. Sometimes you need a little help seeing how it's all related to your intention. Note that Silicon Valley entrepreneurs have been doing this for a long, long time. They know the level of focus, creativity, and presence that microdosing can offer. So yes, with the correct dose, with intention, microdosing and your daily life go hand in hand. They ju- it just makes you a better you. People often worry about bad trips. Bad trips are unlikely when you microdose because you're taking a very, very, very small dose. But in general, people worry about bad trips because they've seen people working with psilocybin, taking it recreationally, having a bad experience. What we're talking about now as mature adults working with intention and being mindful of the setting in which it's in is a completely different experience. And I have many clients who... Played with mushrooms in their youth, and have told me that working ceremonially with me, ceremonially with me, is a completely different experience. It cannot be compared, which is really fascinating feedback for me because I did not work, I did not ever consume mushrooms in my youth, so I ha- I don't have that experience myself. When we are working in a with intention in a ceremonial environment with psilocybin and so called negative emotions come up. Well, first I prepare all my clients for, for the, the possibility this might happen. Why, how to work with it. So preparation, knowing what to expect is key. And then you can approach what's happening as release and we can move the energy quite quickly. You don't have to be stuck in anything. You don't have to spiral. The energy can be moved. And when you feel safe and supported, it is a Whole nother ball game. And it's a whole nother ball game when you know you're releasing something that needs to be released. Over and over again, I see grown-ups. Most of my clients are over 35 years old, many of them into the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Many of them have never had experience with psychedelics in any way. And they have all the fears and concerns that I've talked about in this episode. And over and over again, I see them coming into intimate relationship with themselves, the medicine, and each other as they take this step into working with the medicines. I see them being astounded by the beauty and the power of this work and of themselves. What's possible for them? When I see this type of presence and openness, expansion, growth, I am compelled to stand for the availability and legalization of these sacred plants that are nature's gift to us. I'm pretty used to the pace of change of people. As a therapist, you kind of get used to the various cadences. And you have a sense for where people are at in their nervous system and their thinking. And you have a sense for sort of how they're shifting. And they'll go along for a while. And then they'll have breakthroughs. And they'll they'll go along for a while. And it's kind of in my body how people experience their lives who are looking to grow. And when I started working with psilocybin, I had to recalibrate because I would... (laughs) use my old therapist techniques of saying something that they had said last session, for example, and the person would look at me like I was insane. Like, who said that? It's truly amazing how quickly people are able to grow and change when they work with these medicines and open to them with intention and are really doing the work. It's really amazing. I see them connecting with their spouses, with their children, with their work. It, 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 very quickly, and the sessions become more of a reporting, look what happened, look what, oh my gosh, look what happened. It's really fascinating. And the, this impact flows out to their communities, to the world. I mean, this is everything. This is everything. These medicines are an accelerant to our dreams. They support us in becoming in this lifetime who we want to be. And I personally, when I look at what's happening with the internet over my lifetime, and I see the incredible blooming of knowledge and connection and possibility and all the shadows, like it's, it's complex going like this. I mean, I was 18 and I was still using a payphone to call my boyfriend. Like, what's happened over these past 30 years is just incredible. And so I know that many people have concerns over psychedelics. Is it cheating? Is it a shortcut? It's not at all. But we need medicines that keep up with our pace of growth growth and evolution. I believe we're ready for them in a way that we perhaps weren't ready for them decades ago. And, of course, they've been used for decades. These are not new at all. But we're ready for them in a broader way. And we see that happening. We see that happening. So I want to talk about my brain on drugs. (laughs) And of course, I am not a medical doctor. But here's what happened for me. In 2004, I started to experience severe migraines. And I went to the doctor. And there wasn't really a reason. And so they decided to do an MRI on my brain. And they didn't find anything concerning. I was fine. It's probably stress and a little too much red wine. But anyway, I had a lot of work to do and my body wasn't happy. But what they did find in the MRI was something called an AVM, which is a cluster of blood vessels that can lead to a stroke. And I, I mean, the stat I read, and again, I'm not a doctor and I sort of consulted Dr. Google on this one. The stat I read is one in a hundred people with an AVM do have a stroke every year. That seems a little high for the level of concern they had. But anyway, there's a possibility of a stroke, especially if it grows. So they said, Allison, we're going to monitor this and you'll do an MRI like every year, every two years. Well, MRIs in Canada are a pain in the butt, and you go in in the middle of the night, and and I truly didn't feel I was that ill. Plus, I was going for fertility treatment, so I didn't do them for a while. I did a couple, and nothing was changing. And then I did one again this year because I had an illness, and I just wanted to clear it. And I went in Halloween 2021, and I got the report back, no AVM. There's nothing in there. And as far as I understand, and the doctors have told me, that doesn't happen. So this is really fascinating. So this is my brain on drugs, so to speak. Better, clearer, healthier, more open. And that's my experience. I'm a better thinker. My mind is more open, less rigid, less triggerable. Still doing my work, of course, but interesting. So in summary, I've opened up a lot of big, complex topics here, and I encourage you to think and reflect on whatever areas seem important for you around our right, our human right to be healed by what nature generously grows If this episode of Aliveness resonated with you, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on your podcast app. Reviews make it possible for me to connect with more people just like you who are looking for inspiration and guidance on their journey to create a full, juicy life filled with aliveness. Be sure to subscribe so you get all the juicy episodes to come, and if you have a friend who is deep into their personal growth and healing journey, share this podcast with them, too. Now go out and experience the aliveness that's here for you today. If you're ready to be guided and supported through a microdosing experience, I welcome you to apply for my EXPAND program. It's a 12-week online group program where I guide you through your first or next microdosing cycle alongside other healing modalities and tools to help you experience a massive shift toward your intention. You can apply for this experience by visiting allisoncrossway.com slash expand.